Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I've got a returning guest, Maxine Clancy. And thank you so much, Maxine, for joining me on our Hearts Entwined podcast today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I'm excited to be here. Well, Maxine, uh, you're a relationship coach and specifically, um, I suppose, around finding love after divorce is, is your area of specialism so to speak isn't it um well both I mean I I literally help people to um heal that divorce um that they've been through um so I'm a specialist divorce coach and yes finding love after divorce um is another area of my speciality so I'm I'm all about love (laughs) (laughs) me too so we decided off air that it'd be good to talk about how to activate your power and radiance. So what specifically do you actually mean by that for the benefit of the listeners? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's, 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 so there's two aspects of it, like your power and your, and your radiance. And I think often when we hear about the, we hear the word power, we often confuse that with, you know, masculine pushing um, and strength. And I'm talking about your internal source of energy and creative power, spirit, divine source, pure love. It's that aspect of of everybody that is deeply sort of embedded into their whole, you know, our whole system. And it's how we live from emotional power, spiritual power, mental power and 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 also like the physical power the energy we have in our body the life force that flows through us and how we are deeply connected to it so that is to me the more we are connected to our our you know our life force our energy our vibrancy our light our our spirit our source that is your radiance and the more you're connected to it, the more your presence you have within yourself and you're going within in order to um, create your life, to, you know, to have mastery over your life, to have joy, et cetera, et cetera, then that creates a radiance. It creates a magnetism within you that allows you to be in the flow as opposed to the push, the pull um, side of life. And so that's really what, that's what to me, um, you know, your power and radiance is all about. So, Maxie, if I'm understanding you right, then for the benefit of our listeners, um, hmm. would you say it's it's more about getting out of your head and, and your thinking brain and, and mind and more in touch with your intuition and connecting with your heart? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's not to say you don't use your 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 mind and your brain, but it's really being in that in your in your heart, listening to your heart, listening to that higher, that higher power within you, that higher, um, 
you know, your inner guidance, your intuition, your inner guidance. So, yes, absolutely, Lynn. Okay, so how do people, you know, if if somebody's new to this concept, how do people Mm. sort of start that process? Okay, yeah, great question. So I think what's really important is to first of all talk about what gets in the way of it. Mm. Why is it that we are so often not everybody, um, you know, but we can be disconnected or even like when we've been on this path of, of, um, you know, listening to our our more spiritual side of us, our intuitive side, how easy it is to get distracted. And what I've sort of discovered in in all my work, and I've I've been coaching, you know, uh, for 25 years. So I trained originally as a psychotherapist in spiritual-based psychotherapy. I was a bereavement counsellor. Um, And then I sort of went into the world of coaching. And it really is our stories that trip us up. You know, everybody has a story. And so particularly, you know, around love and relationships and divorce, everybody's got a story about what is what happened to them and what is wrong with them and why they can't have what they want or you know you know what's wrong with me um, I'm not enough I'm I'm not good enough I, I don't deserve to be loved I, I need to be perfect to be loved all these different types of beliefs and really the sort of definition the way we define ourselves so you know when someone's going through a divorce they often define themselves as as a failure Uh, which is completely wrong because all relationship experiences are an opportunity for growth yeah and to heal ourselves and so what I really think is that the stories trip us up they keep us stuck and in addition to that I really do believe that most of us are afraid of our power like you know, Marianne Williamson said, um, you know, in her famous quote that Nelson Mandela used in his inauguration speech, you know, is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us because we really are afraid of how, you know, of how powerful we could be and, and how that breaks up the dynamics of families, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, anyone who wants to create anything you know I know you're a specialist in helping people to find love and helping people find their soulmates if someone wants to find their soulmate what is the story that's stopping you from doing that from creating that absolutely um like you say uh there is a tendency for us to live in our our past isn't there and um, be a victim of that sometimes rather than knowing that you know what what's happened in the past is what's happened in the past you're not the same person you are today as what you were even yesterday let alone years ago when when any you know challenge or trauma affected how you uh, viewed things so yeah it, it is about you know taking on that realization and that whatever you believed in the past can change if that but that belief or those beliefs don't serve your greater good today no and you see this is the thing Lynn I mean I'm sure you find it you know with with um, people you work with as well and and even ourselves you know uh, I know that in the past um, you know we as humans we don't like change we want to know what's going to happen tomorrow and you know I was thinking about this this morning actually on my walk in the park because I I walk in Richmond Park and um, you know there was this one time when I first used to walk in the park I didn't know the park very well 
And so I kind of would keep to the same track and the same path. And, you know, in Richmond Park, where I live, I live, I live, in, I live you know, just on the outskirts in, in London. And um, there's lots of deer in the park. And recently, it's, you know, it's been the mating season. There's been an awful lot of deer. And you literally wouldn't know when you were going to come across one. And the, the, there's some big ones with big antlers, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I first started walking in the park, I would stick to the same path because I knew it and it was safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. We want to know. Our ego wants us to know and wants us to be safe. And we want to, you know, know what's around the corner. And I remember there was this point when I used to go over this sort of, you know, this particular bit of the the sort of woods and there'd be all the trees and and it was a really really misty misty morning and I was kind of I, I was felt quite scared <laughs> you know I didn't know what was beyond the mist I didn't know if there was going to be some big gigantic deer with antlers etc etc and you know like when you're in the mist when you're driving in the fog or anything like that there's that bit of you that has to get to the point where you've got to keep going and then a little bit more is revealed and you keep going, you see a little bit more and, you know, the, the mist clears as you're, as you're moving forward, doesn't it? Intuition is like that. Listening to your guidance is like that. And we have to have the courage to keep moving forward. And so, you know, when we're talking about our power, one of the essence qualities that comes with really truly activating our power is aligning ourselves with spiritual courage. And like it's it's an essence that's in everybody. Like we have all the qualities. And this is what I loved about, you know, I trained as a psychotherapist and the training that I, I studied was transpersonal psychotherapy. And it comes from a very simple premise that everything you need is already in you. It's like part of your design plan, your, you know, your divine plan, your divinity. You just have to activate it. And so this is what happens. Life is always going to give us opportunities which look like crisis opportunities that are the the um, surprises that we don't want that we don't like as an opportunity for us to evolve and to grow and activate the qualities within us that maybe are a little bit asleep and so that's how I that's how I see um, you know activating our power it's an opportunity for us to drop the resistance to change in our life and really listen and learn to have faith and trust in that inner guidance and that inner power that is there already, but we've learned to numb it. Couldn't agree more. I loved your misting or fog analogy, you know, the, the, the further forward you go, you know, the more it's revealed and uh, it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, isn't it? That what. It yeah, absolutely. Necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so what happens, you know, when I work with people and, you know, like this whole thing about your power and your radiance, they go together. Yeah. And what we tend to do is we, we, we dim down our radiance. We make it dull. And we do that through so many things, whether it's through, you know, watching television to the point where it literally numbs us. 
um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching a box set, set intentionally, but I'm talking about that hours and hours of day after day numbing out in front of television or, um, you know, eating, numbing out through food, through alcohol, through through drugs, through, you know, you can even numb out positively, really, in some, through, yes. through some things that we do. But it's 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 when we constantly and, and the way it even further shows up is where you know we don't speak up we don't we don't have a voice we're not expressing our creative force our creative energy that is you know often people sort of say oh you know I'm not creative because we tend to think cre creativity is about painting something you know being a, an amazing artist or being able to design a quilt or or you know um, write a book creativity is your life force it's always flowing through you and it gets stuck in our bodies and so we have to learn you know and it gets stuck in the body through through constant patterns or or ways of thinking it gets stuck through the fact that we're not moving and shifting our energy through movement through yoga through meditation through all different ways that we could possibly express ourselves and so consciousness the way we think becomes matter and density and you know when we're really stuck you tend to find that it, it it's the lower parts of the body you know the chakra system I don't know if you know much about the chakra system yes I do but the, for the benefit of the audience it might be worth just uh, giving a, a quick simple explanation yeah so the chakras are your um they're sort of sanskrit for your energy wheels and we have there's actually eight but there's seven personal chakras starting from your your root chakra which is you know down in your sort of coccyx and it goes up through through your root you've got your um i always never forget the second one then you've got i can never slip my mind but then you've got your power center which is um your solar plexus and then you've got your heart and you've got your throat and you've got your sixth one is in your third eye and then you've got your crown chakra and then there's an eighth chakra which is actually sort of the consciousness between you and the divine and so that's not your personal chakra but there's, there's like an, another one and it's about the way the energy flows from up above so, so from divine source above you um and then all the way down through to the earth, mother nature and the earth below you. And what can happen, these chakras get blocked and they literally through, I mean, it's very complicated. I mean, it's not complicated, but there's quite a lot about it. But really the, the simplest way to put it is that, you know, the, each chakra can represent different areas of your life. So for me, when I first started training as a psychotherapist, what actually got me into becoming a psychotherapist is I had constant laryngitis and I was in my early 20s and I and I had it like all the way through from about the age of 16 to to I started training as a psychotherapist when I was 20 25 and what happened is I was reading this book called Women Love Sex and Addiction by a Dr Charlotte Kazel who wrote the book she was a psychotherapist and I was reading this book on one particular time when I had a, I had like really bad laryngitis. And in those days, you went to the bookshop and bought a book, you know. And um, I was like, wow, this woman is talking about me, you know. And, and it just it it just rang so true, all these different things she was saying in this book. And it made me want to study as a psychotherapist. And through that training of sort of six years of therapy and everything, I've never, ever had laryngitis ever again because I learned to unblock my, my voice, my, my self-expression, my freedom. And so what can happen 
is we can have, you know, in our sort of in our energy body, because we are all energy, we've got, you know, your energy body is way bigger than your physical body. And so what happens when we get blocked in these different areas, it's so that we can, you know, learn to bring out these different qualities within us that can help us to have a more um, you know, fulfilled, um, conscious, self, you know, expressive and creative life. And that is part of activating what I call your power and your radiance. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I totally get it and uh, understand what you're saying. So like you say, we are as humans and any living thing, when we look at, well, not just living things, but matter uh, mm. in, in it's uh, in, in any thing that is, visible to us or even invisible to us it's just pure energy isn't it so whether we're a living thing or whether we're solid matter it or is gas or, or anything in life yeah you know absolutely. when it comes to the you know putting us all under a big microscope we are all one thing which is that energy mm. isn't it mm. yeah and so you asked you know how do people you know so so first of all is like well what is getting in the way yeah so that's that was you you asked the question you know how do people become more powerful how do they become more radiant so one of the things that I sort of work with sort of you know there's 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 a there's a couple of sort of stages that you you need to look at and and there are four areas one is the emotional you know your emotional um, what I like to call like your emotional power center so how you are looking to go inwards and keep coming back to your own inner center as opposed to looking outside of yourself for love, approval, validation, acceptance, all these different types of things, which is what we're taught to do because that's the way you know we're designed that's the sort of way that we as we evolve from childhood we're dependent on others we come in and we're looking for 100% love from our mother and 100% approval from our father and there's no way you could have the best parents in the whole wide world and the almost perfect childhood but at some point your ego is going to create a separation a set you know like it's going to is going to because it's got to form its own identity and in that moment of separation it's going to give meaning to something whether it's you've dropped your ice cream and you think oh no I, I don't get what I want in life you know so there's these little things that happen that then create our belief system etc cetera, etc cetera. and so one of the things you can start to look at is well where are you triggered in your life yeah because when we're triggered when we have an emotional reaction to something or someone or to an external circumstance, that trigger and, and in the emotional trigger that is a moment of, of healing opportunity for you. And I, I use the word healing because the trigger represents something, a pattern in your past, in your consciousness that is literally stuck in your consciousness. So you can, you can like with gentle, loving, compassion, inquiry, the idea is you have to break free from that sort of noise, from the story, and you step back and you say, okay, so what am I really upset about? You know, what is the problem? What, like, Because what's happening is the power, your power, you're losing it in the problem. You're losing your power. You're giving your power to the problem, okay, and the story about the problem. So one of the quickest things you can start to do is to sort of say, okay, I'm upset because of what? What? What's the problem? And like, almost like you sort of, rather than, it doesn't have to be like a deep, deep, deep intro, like, you know, go right the way down to the core of everything. But if you start to 
flesh out those things. What are the thoughts I'm having? What are the feelings? Well, who am I making wrong? How am I defining myself? How am I defining others in the world? What starts to happen is you start to see the story and how you're giving your power away to that problem, okay, that you perceive as the problem, okay? Yeah. And when you do that, what you can then do is go, okay, so what, if I'm thinking and feeling and, and making, like, literally making up this story about this, what, what, what result am I going to get? What's the impact of that in my life? And so, you know, very often, you know, I get this all the time, clients come to me and they've, they've got a repetitive, a repeating pattern, um, usually an argument or a problem in their relationship. And when they start to do this, they see how, you know, they're defining themselves as powerless or not enough or that, you know, they're, 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 um, they're in competition with someone or something, you know, usually often that competition comes up a lot in relationships. And so the outcome is always creates distance rather than closeness, creates, you know, a, a drain on energy. And so once you start to break free from the story, and if you, if you do this on a daily basis for like a period of um, 14 days, you will see exactly where your story is. And then it comes to the point where with all, and this is the thing, we have to take responsibility for the change that we need to make in our life. And often we don't want to take responsibility because we get stuck in archetypal patterns. And there's four main archetypes that are um, disempowering archetypes. And they're the archetypes of the child the victim, the saboteur, and the prostitute. And, um, you know, this is work that Caroline Miss um, talks about in her books, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not my, it's not my, my work that I've, I've founded myself. And there's lots of books on our archetypes, but Caroline Miss talks about it really, really well. And we, if we really sort of take ownership and take responsibility for how we're showing up in our relationships, what, what you can do with this work is you can start to see which is the voice that's actually triggering you and then you step into the illuminated archetypes which are the power archetypes which is like the sovereign the magician the warrior um, and the lover and when you use the sort of opposite archetypes you start to embody the power of those and then you start to really like make different choices and you start to choose to respond as opposed to be in reaction to what has happened, but choose new responses. And, you know, maybe that response is that you speak up. Maybe it is that you decide to leave a marriage that isn't working because, you know, or maybe it's about you having healthy boundaries and setting those boundaries. But it's always about having, you know, the thing that we spoke about, which stops people is our resistance to change. It's about recognizing you have a choice because you are powerful. And the way you start you know, embodying that choice, you can, there's a number of different things, you you know, breath work, body work, um, kundalini, different types of yoga, you know, meditation. So you've got that relationship with your higher self and you have to actually start to actively choose to do different things because only you can break um, away from the noise, the story, the beliefs, the assumptions and the definitions. Um, I've sort of summarized that very <laughs> quite a lot in a in you know a short space of time. So feel free to ask a question. Yeah, I'd like if you would to give us some sort of case study that would demonstrate what you're talking about. So if you've got sort of like um obviously not mentioning any names, but say, hmm. you know, such as if you were yeah. the person that got this issue going on. 
yes um, was having this story going on in their head then you know if you could give us a practice yeah sure sure with the audience yeah let me let me so um let me think of a a particular client who came to me um she was three years into a divorce process so she came to me and she was struggling hugely and this was three years down the line and it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that often people don't get professional help until they're quite the way down the divorce process which is crazy because you know if you broke your leg you'd you'd go and get it fixed as soon as possible wouldn't you yes. but we don't seem to ask for psychological help because of various ideas about that but anyway so she came to me and she was referred from another client and you know she was really stuck in the story of so her husband had an affair he'd moved out he was now live had been living with the woman for for a good like two and a half years they had three boys together and um she was at home raising the, the three boys and it was really interesting her her whole energy was of a victim so she was stuck in this thinking of I did something wrong. I should have been a better wife. I should have been a better, you know, I didn't attend enough to his needs. And uh, the other woman is, you know, more attractive, more, 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 he's younger than me, is et cetera, et cetera. I've let myself go. And she was really stuck in this victim mindset. And, 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 and at that point, she probably would have, and like, if he'd have come back, she would have let him come back. And what was really, really interesting was when, she found out initially about his affair. He he said, he, you know, they obviously their sex life had sort of changed after having, you know, um, three children, and they got into the sort of really the, you know, the sort of monotony of 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 life. And and she really had actually taken on the role as a mother in the relationship. And you know, you don't have sex with your mother. That's, that's, you know, that whole energy, that vibration around sexual relationships, et cetera, et cetera. But what, so what, so that's where she was when she came. And through the coaching of her really beginning to look at, okay, where did I give my power away? What did I not take responsibility for in the relationship about my own needs and feelings. And what really happened in the relationship is that she took on the role of caregiver for everybody. And she had like everything, like she had no idea what she needed or what she wanted, or even what how she, you know, she wasn't able to express herself clearly in the relationship. And so what was happening is the whole relationship was about her getting her sense of worth and value through everybody needing her. Yeah. And because of that simple, you know, because of that, she was resentful. She was, to be honest, she even admits, like she, she wouldn't admit like when she first came, but she got to where she admitted that actually she was being quite dull and um, sort of, pass, you know, that passive aggressive, there was a lot of resentment. And she recognized that she gave her power away because basically she became a doormat. And so if you are behaving like a doormat, then someone will literally walk all over you. And that's not saying that the other person was right in doing that. It's like, you know, 
you unconsciously she gave them permission and so what was really interesting and this is the bit there is always so what's happening in your relationships will be part of your childhood sort of um what grow, happens as you grow up and this woman actually had a had a lovely relationship in fact she had so much security in her family life that there was a particular thing that happened when she went off to university that um, triggered her massively and she felt you know alone unsafe and insecure and she literally clung on and and and, and the, the the husband was um her like her childhood sweetheart type thing you know where they'd met at um sixth form and they'd had a two-year relationship and they'd both gone off to university and what had happened was that um the, the insecurity of university created an attachment and like a stronger attachment to the husband who at the time was obviously the boyfriend. And um, there were things that were coming up in the relationship that she completely ignored. And it was because she wanted the safety and the attachment. And so marriage for her represented safety and attachment and, you know, that bond. And it was so painful for her to you know the end of the marriage because it's just something that she just didn't associate would ever happen in their family and now so she she worked with me actually for about nine months she is in a completely different place she's you know happily I'd say she's actually very happily divorced she's you know got a newfound confidence in herself she's way more self-expressive she ended up um, she was in quite a sort of um, you know a good career but but she wasn't really juicing her up it was she didn't feel really excited she changed her job um, you know she's got much better healthier boundaries and um, she has a lot of more self-respect and she's doing things that she loves she's got she's she's listening to herself and her own inner voice and so you know the relationship the divorce whilst it was painful and not what she would have wanted in her life um she sees it now as a you know it was an opportunity for her really to to get to know herself and so any relationship she creates now is going to be very different from the type of relationship she had previously and that's because she's she's in her power now she's not going to you know she's got different boundaries um and one of the, you know, a, a real turning point with her was was her asking for what she really wanted in that in the divorce process and not settling and being bullied around by her by her um, her previous husband. So yeah, that's a great practical example because I think all relationships, um, regardless of whether they're intimate relationships or not, teach us something, don't they, about what we're not seeing about ourselves or what needs healing within ourselves and like you say yes. for her it was that she needs to look at what she allowing in terms of unacceptable behavior in other words him treating her like a doormat uh, and where she could take responsibility for that was to learn actually she was allowing that through not having high standards and boundaries or that, that exactly female, you know knowing her worth in that relationship yeah yeah and getting her worth like thinking her worth was in the relationship your worth is not defined by your relationships you define your worth and that you know when you alter your relationship with yourself and you are living from that emotional power of your own self-value and self-worth and you know as you said your highest value then you attract and create 
um, people in your life, you co-create with life and you attract different types of people who will, you know, because you you set the tone, don't you? I always remember my mum saying to me very, you know, I was young, you know, you're the one that um, sets the precedence in your relationship and if you if you put up with that if you it's like if some if you let someone hit you or, or if someone hits you and you 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 go along with that then they will hit you again basically mm. you, you treat know people how to treat you yeah yeah you show people how to treat you exactly yeah and so and that you see is you know you know and this is it goes back to the thing often we we're we are afraid of our power and mm. that's because we might fall into that that child like you know the child archetype says um you know is looking for permission from their partner to do things you know how many yeah. women do you know who look to their partner to say well can I do this yeah <laughs> and, and men men do it as well you know yeah. I, can, I know I know men that say oh you know is it okay if I do this or can I do this you know I and agree. actually if you're in a, a sovereign relationship where you come together to bring out the best of each other and to empower each other and you have a shared vision for your life you know there will be things that your partner will go off and do because that's part of their journey and you're okay with that because you're not dependent on them for your own self-worth and value and if there's trust and you know there's trust and etc etc you know you have to um, but a lot of relationships, you know, if you're in a victim stance where and, and, you know, this is an interesting one. A lot of people don't like it when you say this, but the prostitute archetype, you know, because it's associated with women giving away sex. But, you know, so many women and, and this has been traditional because of the fact that women could not earn their own money. Yeah. You know, like, when you know, mm. women were not allowed to have money, you know, back in women had allowed to have bank accounts. They they power was taken away from women and we're seeing that turnaround of the rising of the feminine etc etc you know in the last sort of you know 20 years or whatever but you know if you're in a relationship or it can happen when you're in a job where you are doing work that you just does not light you up in any shape or form or you're staying in a marriage because of the financial security and you really don't believe that you can make it out there in the world on your on your own or with your children you know what happens is you are in a way you're prostituting yourself your mm. your divide your your value and your worth is being traded for that financial security or that job security etc etc and so many people are in these situations and they don't know how to get out of it and you know part of that is working first on your self-worth even just acknowledging that you're in that situation and doing the inner work and starting to listen to that guidance if you if you put your power in that you will find like answers come to you it's like the mist you don't won't know exactly where it's going to go but you will take start taking small steps small steps to building that and then you'll come out of the mess and before you know it you know you've got a success story I had a client once she she said one of the things was when she came to me she was coming to me for um, relationship uh, she wanted to find a relationship and I sort of said to her what's you know like what's the real vision like where do you sit what's what what else comes with this relationship and it was like well I'd, I'd have a really big house and I'd have this big beautiful home and I'd have a garden and at the time you know she had a like a two-bedroom flat it was a nice flat but it was a two-bedroom flat and she wanted a house she wanted a, like a house that was a home and a garden she didn't have a garden and I said well really what's stopping you from having that now that home and that garden she goes 
I don't know, I think that I shouldn't have it until I have a man in my life, you know. <laughs> and so it was really interesting, you know. So what happened was, um, you know, she, she had a good career. She could afford a house. And so she started investigating this. And um, she, she bought her, her first home, which was actually, um, it was like a, you know, four-bedroom, you know, townhouse type thing. And um, she bought the house and she moved in. And then she met her partner. <laughs> You see, because we're waiting for the thing that we think we need in order to have what we want. But very often, what we want is available to us now. You know, that was that sense of freedom. That was her in her empowerment of being able to create and just the feeling of joy that she had from that. And when she was shifted and aligned with that bigger aspect of herself and she expanded her radiance, her power, then look what she attracted she attracted a relationship that was in alignment with that so it's um I love it when those you know when those things happen yeah um I'm sure you've seen it in your own life I've seen it in my life Um, and I think sometimes and I I know this goes for men as well as women but certainly for women because obviously we're considered and you naturally are that softer nurturing energy um but you know I, I think sometimes we accept poor behavior because we're afraid of rocking the boat aren't we and actually Mm. what is more attractive to a partner is if sometimes you rock the boat and say well you know what that wasn't acceptable and they they suddenly you know take notice of that you've the fact that you've said that Mm. Uh, and actually you are raised and they might not like it in the moment but that you actually do raise your standard in their eyes if you challenge them uh, yeah nice way not in an aggressive way around you know something that might not be acceptable yeah, I mean, I think it's way more sexy to challenge someone in a playful manner. You know, men like playfulness for starters, but if you can challenge a man in a playful way and be in your power around it, they will hear that very differently to, you know, you um, you whining about something or you going, you know, the silent treatment or, you know, that used to be my thing I would do in the past. I'd do the silent treatment with someone. Mm. and. Um, you know, when I learned how to speak up and to actually have a voice and to playfully even sometimes communicate things. Um, I had a client recently who, you know, one of her things was she would always sleep with men really quickly when she got to know them. And um, what would happen is, oh, hold on. Sorry, Lynn, you might want to pause this bit. No, it's, it's okay. We can probably edit this bit out. Okay, sorry, the door knocked on the dog. Okay, shh, test. Well, right, okay. So, in, just for the sake of authenticity. <laughs> yeah, so what happens is um, this particular client, she came to me, she was always sleeping with men way too quickly. And then, of course, inevitably, um, she sleep with them quickly and then the man would disappear. Yeah. So we had to look up one, why was she doing that? Why was she sleeping with men too quickly? And obviously she was in that prostitute archetype of trading her worth through sex, which a lot of people do, thinking yes. that if I sleep with someone, then that means they love me or they, they will love me or they'll stay with me or whatever. And she was really afraid of saying to a man that no that she, you know, she wanted a man who was going to treasure her heart and that she, you know, only slept with, she would only sleep with men that once she had got to know them and knew that they, um, she, you know, that they 
their word was their word and who were also interested you know wanted a committed relationship and she was afraid of saying that because she thought that it would obviously limit her choice now the interesting thing is yes it may limit your choice but it means that the ones that are of a high quality that will stay around because they they actually really value that and they also most men don't actually want a woman that sleeps <laughs> sleeps no, around you know it goes back to that that um the tribal you know that you know that that hunter gatherer type thing in them and it was really interesting because it was about her being in her power around her own value and worth and trusting that um you know she like really owning her value and she she hadn't been owning her value and um, when she started doing this and saying no she started attracting you know more men and obviously then she she met someone because because she wasn't giving her herself away so easily and that's because she activated that part of her that loves herself and has a has a high standard now I'm not saying that as a woman you cannot go out and consciously decide to have sex or have a one night stand. Of course you can. If you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's whether you're going into that one night stand in your power and your authority or whether you're going into that one night stand with the mindset of you're hoping to get that person to fall in love with you through your whatever. Do you, do you understand? There's a, there's completely different energy about it, isn't there? Yeah, because one comes from a place of, desperation and the other one from a place of inspiration is the way I put it <laughs> love it yeah absolutely yes I'm totally with you there Lynn I love the way you put that okay well unfortunately we're coming to the end in terms of time for the podcast and I've really enjoyed this conversation I'm sure we could go on and talk in depth around mother you know more than other examples around you know how to activate your power and radiance but maybe we can do that on another episode so yeah that would be lovely that went so quickly (laughs) (laughs) so for the benefit of our audience maxi could you give us our uh you know your i should say your your best contact information yes sure i think the best thing is for people to um go to my website maxineclancy.com and on there there's some free resources which they can download whether they're going through divorce um breakup or they just want to there's a webinar they can listen to on how to fully activate your power and radiance so yes that's best place for me excellent well thank you so much for this conversation i've really enjoyed it and i'm sure as i say you'll be a repeat guest on on the podcast uh, in terms of sharing your wisdom and knowledge around this very very um inspirational and very need much needed subject of how to step into your power and radiance so thank you very much for that maxine Thank you so much. It's been my absolute pleasure to um, be with you here today. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, so it just leaves me to say, as I always do, true love starts with opening our hearts. And so until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.